begin by by sharing that uh, when we were first planning this, uh, I was very excited to, to partner with Francisque and Judy and John to pull this together. And uh, within the span of a few minutes, the first two outbound emails were to Roger Penske and our next guest, Jim Campbell. Um, and uh, I couldn't be more pleased to be able to speak with him. He's, he's one of my favorite people and leaders in the sport. Uh, and uh, to me, these are the perfect bookends to this perfect week. Uh, so uh, that I would, uh, and I particularly like Jim's background as he's coming on. <laughs> he never fails. Can you hear me, Paul? Yeah, so you, I like what you got behind you there, Jim. Yeah, can you hear me, Paul, or no? Yeah, yes, you sound great. Okay, great. Hey, great to be with you. Thank you for having me. Well, it's, it's great to see you, Jim. It's, it, it, it seems like uh, 1,800 years ago that I saw you in uh, Birmingham earlier this year. I know, I know. <laughs> no question about it. Yes, well, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're, I'm here at the, our uh, General Motors uh, Propulsion and Racing Center uh, here in Pontiac, Michigan. And uh, this is where uh, Russell Blanus, who leads our effort here for all of our race programs, his team is based here. And we're attached to the General Motors Propulsion uh, kind of, uh, you know, dino cells and laboratories. And there's about 110 dino cells of different sorts here. And we have uh, our teams actually here in a number of the cells right now doing some testing as we speak and some endurance testing and drivability, uh, just about 25 steps from where I'm at right now. So it's great to be with you here from Pontiac, Michigan. Oh, Jim, I'm just so jealous. You have one of the coolest jobs in the world. <laughs> well, we're lucky. To, we're all lucky to be in uh, the performance and racing industry. It, it, you wake up every day, it is fun. There's no it doubt. It is, and uh, there's one of my favorite race cars behind you over, over your shoulder too. It's staring at me. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that's the uh, obviously the C7. Uh, that's yeah. the number four C7R uh, Oliver Gavin and Tommy Milner. Uh, obviously, we moved on now to the mid-engine, the C8R, and then over on this side we've got uh, I don't know if you can see it or not, but we've got yeah, we have uh -huh. a Copo Camaro, and and yeah. Copo uh, has a has a long, amazing history, and we we kind of uh, brought it back uh, to life in 2012, and it's been a, it's been really fun to be racing in uh, the stock eliminator uh, super stock categories with the Copo. Well, yeah, and I, I, I remember seeing it at, uh, I think it was SEMA show a few years back. Uh, and, yeah, but, uh, but let's, so first off, you have a, a great title, Vice President of GM Performance in Motorsports. Um, that, uh, that covers a lot of stuff, but uh, I, don't, I don't think most people realize you also are responsible for strategy and uh, product marketing for Chevrolet and GM see trucks and, and accessories as well. I was surprised to learn that. I didn't know that. Yeah. I went to visit you one day and I found that out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there, um, for sure the performance in, uh, in racing piece is really, really, really fun. Uh, we connect really uh, racing on the track with uh, our high performance variants on track or off-road depending on whether we're talking car or truck. Uh, and also in the middle of that's performance parts. So we really link racing performance parts and high performance variants together. Uh, and uh, really try to learn on the track and drive those learnings back over into the production uh, vehicles and our propulsion systems. And then I do have uh, some other responsibilities. And, and so it's really fun to work on our truck business. Um, and, and really the twins of the business I just love so much. I love performance, I love racing, and I love uh, the pickup truck uh, business. Uh, so we do what uh, we call product marketing. Others call it product planning, where we're, we're basically doing all the uh, the the packaging and, and the offering uh, for our Silverados and Sierras from Chevy and GMC. We also do full-size utilities, things like Tahoe, Suburban, Yukon, Yukon XL, 
Denali's. Uh, we work with our, our sister brand at Cadillac on things like Escalade. So uh, it's really it's really a fun job. And then accessories um, has just been a growing area of our business. And when you go to places like SEMA, uh, accessories is an amazing uh, uh, growth area for our business. And it's a way for peak customers to really make their vehicle their own and, uh, you know, make it, personalize it, customize it, uh, enhance performance, which we love and capability. And so um, I love going to work every day with our team and uh, it, it's interesting every moment. Well, it looks to me like you're, you've got the keys to the toy store. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, you know, the other, the other interesting thing, and I, I don't know if you can see this in here over here to our, over here to our, uh, over to my right yeah. is, uh, is actually the uh, propulsion system we put in our eCopo in 2018. Yeah, I so, remember that. Uh, you know, obviously there's a lot going on in the industry and electrification is part of what's happening. And so, you know, several years ago, we electrified the Copo. Um, we weren't sure what the reaction was going to be, and it was an amazing reaction. And we had a chance to uh, work with NHRA to do a lot of demo runs. And uh, it was really a great learning experience for us. And uh, and then over over on this side of our our little uh, showroom here, we've got uh, we have our E10, which is uh, we electrified a C10 uh, with the kind of our next generation of our electric crate propulsion system. It's a concept right now, but we're getting closer and closer to offering an actual E crate um, system uh, to uh, you know individuals that want to do a conversion or resto mod and electrify it. So it's really kind of a cool a cool thing that we're working on, in addition to all the awesome racing stuff. Well, it, all of it's awesome. I'm just like, it's literally like you're in Santa's workshop and you're getting <laughs> around. Um, uh, it, uh, and, you know, the, the thing that I think is so interesting and one of the reasons I so wanted you to join us, I, first off, I always enjoy our time together and I always learn something when we get together and talk. And, uh, um, but, you know, you, the, the, your passion is obvious whenever we talk, you know, it's... Uh, you do like what you know love actually what you do i can tell and the the thing that uh, it strikes me though is you're dealing with one of the mainline profit drivers for one of the world's largest corporations when you're dealing with these trucks this you know americans love trucks they love chevy trucks and uh and they love gmc trucks they love these things at the core of the business that you're involved with strategy and marketing on and you're touching motorsport. I thought it would be really important to have you be part of this panel. And it's really important that you be part of this last session in this amazing week, because you have eyes on the future. You just showed us something that really is the future, which is these uh, E-crate motors. And, the, and you see the business in a 360 degree view. And uh, I have to ask you, uh, uh, this has been one of the toughest years on one level that we've all encountered um but you look like you're happy and energized and enthusiastic why is that yeah well first of all i, I think we're lucky first of all to work in, a, in an amazing industry and 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 to think about what a challenging year it was and yet virtually every race series got back on the track they raced almost a full season or a full season um, we started with no fans and then kind of migrated to some partial attendance with fans. And it was an amazing year as we finished up. And I, and I would say that I'm also energized by the fact that while this pandemic has been most challenging and continues to be, um, and, and we literally, you know, shut down, um, you know, the country and, and, and the world, if you will, and many, in, in a business perspective, shut down our factories for, 
you know, two and a half months, that was very challenging. What's been really encouraging is, is we've kind of come back from that, uh, from the kind of, you know, um, May, June timeframe. We've actually uh, seen the automobile market start to come back. It's really exciting. People still have a need for cars and trucks and crossovers for parts and accessories and the business is really coming back. And in fact, um, we cannot build enough vehicles for the demand that's out there right now. So the great news is our factories are back and running. We're running, you know, two, three shifts full out to get uh, the product uh, to our dealers, to get to our customers. And so I'm energized for that reason. Um, but I'm also energized because while uh, the pandemic created such a challenging moment, which continues in many ways, um, it also really required everybody to reassess our businesses and, and, and what we're doing and what we needed to stop doing and what we needed to focus more on. And so that's happened throughout our entire business as it has for probably yours and everybody you've had on the panel. And for us, um, one of the things we did during that reassessment is we, you know, we, we looked at, uh, you know, uh, you know, for example, when we're doing activations in motorsports, how do we do it when the fans aren't at the track? So it has to go virtual and social and engage customers in different ways. And then at a very macro level, we saw that customers, um, as you would expect, they didn't really want to go into showrooms to shop for vehicles for their concern, for the concerns, the obvious concerns. So they shot, started shopping more online. Well, we, we've been developing many online shopping tools for many years. They're getting better and better, but, but the demand for the best shopping tools online to get an online shopping experience, buying experience, uh, bring a vehicle out to a house for a test drive, make sure it's sanitized and clean, uh, and then transact uh, and, and, and deliver a vehicle in, in a more virtual way is an area we were heading towards. Yeah. It's been turbocharged. It's happening. It's going to be a way of business. It is. We pivoted. The pivots happened. Uh, certainly people are still going to go into dealerships, but a lot of people want to shop online uh, for everything, including cars and trucks. And so that's one area. And then, but there's many other areas in our business we reassess and we made changes that I believe are more permanent in nature. Yes, and I, I and I'm sure your racer mentality didn't hurt in the part of the business you were touching because you you're used to urgency, uh, exactly solving problems quickly. Yeah, and your team is as well. And yeah. I uh, I couldn't think of a better person to be connected to that process uh, actually. Um, uh, great, yeah, and for sure. I mean, the racer mentality, we love it. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the speed of uh, speed of racing, as we as mm -hmm. you know, and everybody who's been on your panel and many of the folks viewing the green flags dropping on Saturday or Sunday, ready or not. So let's go, let's get ready. And right, that's yeah. the kind of, you know, you have to move fast. You have to problem solve quickly. You have to innovate quickly as you do in racing and, and during this past year, especially in our business. Well, I've had the privilege of watching you in action for some time and I can make the statement, you were born ready from what I can see. Um, so the, <laughs> the thing that uh, also uh, struck me about this time is that uh, and we've talked about it in other panels, so some people have watched all this, going to hear me repeat a few things, but yeah, I'm sure you've been too busy to watch this, but you know, we saw a phenomenon this year um, that we went into it like, oh my God, what's going to happen here? We, we, we had great momentum. We had a great yes. surge of energy in January and February. The our audience for both the Rolex and the Daytona 500 soared. We just, you know, we're on a roll. We're going to, you know, you know, we were planning our next trip on the private jet and all of a sudden this hits <laughs> and uh, we're, we're going to lose the audience. And you know what? We didn't. Uh, actually, the audience 
a little bit nervous, I think, because it went down a little bit. Then we put in the esports came in. NASCAR rolled out some really innovative things in esports. Like, you know, you're, you have live ESPN broadcast of esports racing. Amazing. That was and amazing. It was amazing. And our audience was consuming the content as if it was not virtual, it was physical racing on a racetrack. They were arguing about it, sharing it, what, reading the stories. And then we start to get into actual on-track activity, you know, and uh, uh, in an earlier session, I said it was emotional when NASCAR rolled and came back. It was like a post 9-11 moment, for, at least for us racing people. It was extremely emotional knowing what went into it. What did you feel in that moment when you saw your cars roll onto the racetrack and and hear their motors and hear the hear the sport come back to life. What was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was it was amazing. You're right. The the iRacing really gave people something to focus on, and I think I think it really engaged people in a way that they didn't know a simulated uh, game could be. And I think the, I think that you know, uh, of course, a lot of our drivers you know use simulations way to prepare. We've got big simulators available to our uh, our drivers, but. It really engaged everybody. The time we got back to the track, and I a lot of credit to NASCAR for really working every single day, 24 hours a day, to figure out how to get back in a safe way, working with states and municipalities and local governments to make it happen. It was a big deal. It was it was it was it was awesome, and um, they were one of the first sports back, if not the first. And um, the first. many yeah. followed, many followed. Certainly the first motorsports back. It was just incredible, and. Um, and finally, we had some live, real racing to 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 consume and enjoy, and and focus on competition versus you know all the things going on in the world. It was it was a great moment, and and but it was also an odd moment in the fact that there was no fans in the stands, as we all know. And so there was also a similar moment when um, NASCAR and other series figured out working with uh, the states and municipalities to get some fans back in a safe way. And it tended to be, you know, a portion of the of the capacity. That was also a big moment because finally, uh, some fans got to come back to the track. And uh, as people in the industry, to see fans there was a big deal. Because in the end, we, we there's a lot of great reasons to race on the technical side and tech transfer, and you know, building engineering capability. But uh, the fans was what make the thing go around. Because in the end. Uh, it's a great platform to show, you know, what we have and 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 compete on a, an amazing stage with awesome competitors, other other manufacturers, other teams, and so um, those customers, the fans, are also our customers, and so that's why that was so awesome. I agree, and and you know, I I've actually seen you interact with fans in public before. You you really have a lot of time for them. You appreciate them. Uh, There's and- no doubt. They're they are they are they are the reason why we were able to race. That's it. And there's a lot of other benefits as we talked about for racing, but um, the fans are, are so very important. You know, one of my first jobs at Chevy when I joined the Chevrolet team was on Corvette and Camaro. And we started uh, the race program, which was the C5R back in 1999. And I literally, and Corvette, and there's other brands in the industry that are similar. Um, they're so passionate, the, the owners are so passionate and uh, they gather together on the weekends and car clubs. And so I was spending a lot of time with uh, our car clubs and our customers. Then the race program came and I'll never forget it. It was uh, January of 99 and we had a massive car, uh, uh, a Corvette club. We had probably 350 Corvette owners that brought their 
Corvettes to the kind of the, uh, the backstretch, a big parking lot behind the backstretch of Daytona. And we had a chance to visit with all of them. We literally spent, you know, a whole morning with them, the whole weekend with them, the whole 24 hours of the race. And they had a chance before the race to actually drive their Corvettes on the actual track the race was going to be on. It was just a great moment. That happens many times during the year. And what we love about the interaction with our customers is you get to know them. You get to know what they love about our products, what they hate about our products. You get to open your eyes and see the things that are doing where they've created their own workarounds to solve different issues or uh, you know, handle something that they, I remember the C5, we had those real shallow cup holders and our yeah, customers yeah. had created their own solutions. And so it was a signal to me and my partner, Dave Hill, who was the chief engineer at the time, like we've got to solve that. But we did that at these customer events and many of which were attached to the most uh, exciting races that you could be at. And those customers, our customer, my customers stayed up with us all night long at the 24 hours of Daytona in 1999. And it was just a great start to that race program, but it started with our, with our owners, with our, with our owners and our race fans. Well, yes. And I've, I've, uh, I've moved through the Corvette Corral and been with your owners. Just, I, I want to go see what people feel like, you know, I, I do what I do because I, I love sharing the sport with people and Wow. <laughs> they are passionate. They are so into the brand, into the vehicles, into the, the moment of being at these races. And uh, it gives me hope for humanity. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's great to see the energy that you generate. It's like a, a force field within the uh, uh, internal. It's like the engine of sports car racing. It, is. it, it really is. And by the way, uh, at, at a place like Daytona, and you know this from and Sebring and, and every you know great sports car track around the country and the world, there are similar things happening with other brands. So I, I'm not saying it's just happening with us, but it is, uh, it just starts with our customers. Um, you get a chance to know them, what they love, um, what they, what they want in their products, um, get a chance to get to know them. And then also uh, really, you know, get to enjoy the race program with them. And there are lifelong Corvette race fans and supporters that came from that very first race that are still supporting us today. Uh, it, uh, it's not a surprise to me. And of course, there are other companies doing this. And, and yeah. I think one of the nice things about this, I referred to it earlier today, is the greatest rivalry in, maybe in American sports is Ford versus Chevy uh, to me. Well, you know? hey, Paul, I just want to tell you something right now. I'm getting texts from my friend Mark Rushbrook, yeah. who I think is watching. So hi to Mark. Yeah, hi, Mark. We, uh, we, we go to a lot of these OEM meetings together, but we're, we're fierce competitors on the track. And of course, our companies are fierce competitors in the showroom. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of o other OEMs that we, we compete with every single day on the track. And, and, and we do get to know them a bit at the racetrack as well. You do. And I think that what's fantastic about it, you know, you, you're part of the reason people care. I mean, I, I as a young person, I noticed the brands. I noticed the cars. You know, the first two new cars I bought were Chevrolet products because of racing. And I bought a lot of Ford products as well. But, you know, I Chevy, Ford Ford quit racing and I forgive the phrase pissed off. So, you know, I'm going to go with a company still in still doing stuff, you know, and, and, and I think that what was interesting was that when I was down at Daytona, I think this year or last year, um, I started to really started to dawn on me that the Corvette is like more than another car. It is an American hero. It's something that represents uh, our country and our spirit to the world. And, you know, you feel it at Le Mans when you're there. I've been there and seen the reaction to the Corvette. Um, so you're the, you know, 
if you will, you're the caretaker of this legend that, and, and you give life to it and renewing it every now and again. The, but I, I, I want to just say, this was a hell of a renewal year for that particular hero. Uh, you want to talk to us about the gestation and what happened on the racetrack this year with the C8R? Yeah, no question. Well, you said it pretty well. I mean, Corvette's a very special, special mark. Um, it is a total team effort. Uh, and there are many passionate people inside our company that caretake that product to make sure it's the best that it can be and the brand, what it stands for what we deliver to our customers and we try to exceed their expectations every time we bring a new model or special edition out. And so, as I mentioned at the, at earlier in our discussion, uh, we came back into racing with Corvette. There's been many, many privateers over the years. And of course, you know, back in the sixties, uh, there was a, I think, uh, you know, a lot of efforts uh, to support racers from the factory quietly. Uh, but uh, in 1999, we brought back the full factory effort working with Pratt and Miller, an amazing partner. And, and just the, debuting that program and all the preparation that happened. It was just, it was an amazing process. And I, at someday there'll be a book written about it, I hope. And we, we had, a, you know, that debut race and, and it was in January 99. It was amazing because um, that car, uh, the two cars actually did quite well for the first 18 hours. And, and our fan, our customers and fans were so excited. And then as you know, in racing, particularly endurance with a new vehicle, new race car, we started having issues, and but we persevered, we hustled, we, we, we worked as a team, and we ended up finishing on the podium for our very first race. And it was the beginning of an amazing journey. And so that was C5R, and then C6R came, C7R, and obviously this year, the C8R, uh, which was uh, just an amazing debut year. Uh, while we didn't win the first race of the year, um, we, uh, we learned a lot in that race. And then from there on, it was a, it was, it's been an amazing season. And so uh, the C8R, finally a mid-engine Corvette. It's something that every chief engineer from Zora to Dave McClellan to Dave Hill to Tom Wallace to Ted Juchter wanted to do many times. And there's many uh, prototypes and uh, uh, study cars that we did over the years to prove it out and the benefits of it. And I'm so proud of uh, Ted Juchter uh, Mark Royce, but uh, our design team, uh, Tom Peters and John Caffaro, those guys are now retired, but uh, everybody in our system and our propulsion uh, team who, who's based here in Pontiac, just an amazing job to come together and make the mid-engine Corvette happen for production and then racing. And so this year was an amazing year. We'll never forget it. Uh, resulted in uh, six wins and a championship for the team, uh, for the drivers, Antonio Garcia and and, uh, and uh, Jordan Taylor, and then obviously for the manufacturer for Chevrolet. So couldn't be prouder, but it, it's been decades in the making and uh, we're so proud of the team. It does, it fulfills almost destiny that, that and it, it's interesting it happens in the most unusual year, but you know, one of the things I have to say, Jim, is that the uh, online energy, you know, the audience energy as I was getting at, it soared. And, you know, we had really high traffic numbers. IMSS is one of our primary categories of coverage along with NASCAR and, and IndyCar and Formula One. And it did really well this year, despite there not being fans right. of the race. Right. And, and uh, I got to tell you, we believe that, you know, just our team, we believe the Corvette's one of the drivers of passion for that sport. Uh, we, you know, you are one of the, we can tell by shares, we can tell by just general interest and in commenting on stories about your team and about your car, uh, your car's energy. 
And uh, the personality of the team is something, you know, that overall that's defining for the sport. It has a, there's a, I wouldn't call it a swagger, but there's a way about this team that is got a cool factor, you know. The never give up attitude by that team. Yeah, and, yeah absolutely. Uh, there is, um, you know, they're, they're, I mean, I, you literally, I, I literally know all, all of the team members of, of the Pratt Miller Corvette racing team. And I could say something, you know, about almost every one of them. And, it, it, and, but there is a spree de corps. There is a never give up attitude. There is a, there are so many stories of moments where we just had to come together as a team to overcome an issue. Uh, you think about what happened in 2015 at Le Mans where we lost one car in, um, uh, you know, in, in the qualifying and the car was not recoverable. Thank goodness Jan Magnuson was okay. And what the team did with the remaining car is they rallied behind one car and having one car in Le Mans is not an easy task to have a chance to get to the top of the podium. And the team did it, but they rallied together. Every one of those uh, individuals that was at Le Mans with us. So I, I, we love the team at Pratt Miller and what they've done accomplished. Um, and, and not only the championships with, you know, each generation of the car, but you talked about Le Mans and kind of the American spirit that, uh, comes from a manufacturer based here, competing there, especially Corvette. And the stories and the experiences we've had at Le Mans have just been incredible. And um, I've, I've, I've had a chance to be there many times with our team and, and what you said, uh, the Corvette, uh, it has a following um, at Le Mans that is even beyond the owners. There yeah. are people that have fallen in love with the Corvette. And so that's very special to go there and hear, hear the support the Corvette gets when we compete at Le Mans. And the, I'm proud of the team in their class. They won it uh, eight times and had a chance to stand with their drivers on the top of the podium for the, G, the GTE Pro category. And when the national anthem plays, it's a it, it, it's an amazing moment. And uh, so proud of the team. And 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 what you realize is that uh, you know getting having an accomplishment like accomplishment like that is really only a result of competing against the best in the world. And at Le Mans, you compete against the best in the world. The same things for uh, Rolex 24 hours of Daytona. Compete against the best in the world when you win, it's meaningful. It is meaningful. And, and I think that, uh, you know, I, I, uh, a few years back, I think in 2015, I spoke at the FIA Sport Conference and I, I said, you know, this is, um, I think the, what I said is we're, you know, we, we're more than the entertainment business. We're, we're in the inspiration business. And that's what I feel about Corvette racing. Corvette racing is truly an inspiring endeavor. It's, it's, it's more than just a race team. It, it represents more than just a race. It represents our country to the world. And I, uh, I, I, uh, I, I was sad that we couldn't see Corvette at Le Mans this year. And uh, uh, I, I do hope you return to Le Mans with Corvette racing. And I do hope you win to just because of who I am and I follow that team. You know I, that I have one team that I root for. I'm not supposed to root for anybody, but I, <laughs> I, I root for the yellow cars and uh, they represent me to the world. And I, I, you know, tell me about that. Tell me about going back to Le Mans. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a very difficult decision. We had uh, competed at Le Mans for, you know, since uh, 2000. So we hadn't missed a year and we, we didn't miss, you know, any year even when we had the economic challenges of 08, 09, 10, we still stayed at it. And this year, we, we just, we had to make a very difficult decision and, and having that discussion with uh, the ACO 
uh, was not not an easy one. Um, but but given everything that was going on and uh, the fact that uh, there's just what was going on in the country, what was going on with our company. Uh, we literally had n none of our factories were running at all. And uh, we just, it was a decision we had to make at the time. It was difficult because we, lo we love it like so many people do love that race, whether they're Corvette fans or, or, or not. So our hope is that we have an opportunity to go back again. Um, and so that, uh, that's, our, that's our hope. It's a, it's a race by invitation. You, you mm -hmm. have to be invited to go. And so our hope is that we'll have that opportunity again. Um, and uh, it would be a very proud moment to be able to compete with the C8R there, a mid-engine Corvette that Zora dreamed of, that Dave McClellan dreamed of, that Tom Wallace dreamed of, and Dave Hill and, and, and Tad Structor. And Tad Structor, you know, made it happen. So uh, be, I'd be very proud, and we all would here at our company at Chevrolet and GM to compete again at Le Mans. And, uh, you know, since I was very young, I've dreamed of that mid-engine Corvette going to Le Mans yes. too. Yes. So uh, uh, I think that, uh, yes, and, you know, and, and that is a, to me, that's one of the greatest success stories of this season. <clears throat> this was a, you know, that, that is, you know, victory through the darkness. <clears throat> and I think that's, uh, you know, it's something that has inspired me and uh, given me joy uh, during yeah. the course of this year and given me hope. And, and I, I, for many, I think it's the same. At the same time, I want to go to NASCAR for a moment because you have, two eras, one ending and one beginning. And uh, let's talk about Jimmy Johnson. Um, okay. Yeah, what does this mean to you and, and to everybody in the Chevrolet family that Jimmy well, is, is yeah. you know? Amazing guy. Uh, Jimmy, um, Jimmy's, Jimmy's track record with Chevrolet, people know mainly from NASCAR, but it started well before that. Some know the story, others don't, but uh, her official who did a, a job similar to the one that I do in the, in the racing side, um, you know, had an opportunity to, to go to a number of these off-road truck races and spotted a guy named Jimmy Johnson, a young, a young driver, and uh, made the connection, um, made the decision uh, to, uh, to sign him to, to be one of our drivers on our off-road truck program at Chevrolet. And that was the beginning of an amazing, amazing set of chapters with Jimmy Johnson that went through a number of the off-road series that you're probably familiar with. Mm -hmm. And he did an incredible job. Uh, then he, you know, he migrated to other series, ASA, then eventually into the Bush series or now what we call Xfinity. And then he eventually made it, uh, made it to the cup series. And so for us, uh, the cup series is an amazing accomplishment, seven championships, all of his race wins. But for Chevrolet, the legacy goes well beyond that. We've known Jimmy since he was a young guy. So the other thing, people sometimes ask me, what's Jimmy Johnson like? He, he's a, he is a first-class guy. He's just, he's a delightful guy. He's wonderful. He's an intense competitor. He prepares like nobody that I have seen. Um, and uh, he, he's, he is a driver that um, in his own way can lead from behind the steering wheel. And and the results are incredible um, from off-road trucks to ASA to the Bush series to Cup. And so it was, uh, um, it was kind of bittersweet to see him with his last race, but we celebrate everything he's done in his career. And he's, he has more aspirations, as you know, he's going to IndyCar. And uh, I believe today we did, I saw the press release, we, we did yep. announce formally that uh, Jimmy's going to 
be driving with uh, Action Express and uh, with uh, Gary Nelson and, and, and Rick Hendrick with some amazing lineup of drivers. And so Jimmy Johnson has driven it, uh, has raced at Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona a number of times with us. And we cannot wait for him to race in our Cadillac VPI at the end of January. I can't wait either. It's it's great watching Jimmy race. And <clears throat> I met Jimmy early on when he was, uh, before he was racing with Chevrolet and before her, but had connected with him. And, you know, I had a, a great respect for Herb and Herb's been a big influence on me personally and taught me so much about the business of racing and being forward looking. But that perhaps I, I think one of the greatest gifts uh, beyond his contributions to safety and thinking outside the box was giving the sport of, of uh, uh, you know, top level racing Jimmy Johnson because he's uh, he's been a terrific champion and he was great fun. When I first met him, we we were connected to a company called No Fear, which uh, made clothing and uh, we used to race in a parking lot. And I still one of the highlights of my life was all these drivers would come in and Jimmy showed up and he went a little better than some of us um, <laughs> uh, because he respected the circumstance and figured out how to be fast and win. But uh, he was terrific as a person. Just yeah, yes. First class guy. Yeah. And I remember he wanted to be an IndyCar. He wanted to be Rick Mears. Yes, Rick Mears was a zero. Yeah, that's absolutely zero. No, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, Jimmy was going to test with a number of teams in IndyCar. And we gave him permission to test with whoever, you know, whoever in the mm -hmm. series because he, we just respect him so much. And he, he has a desire to do, to race an IndyCar. And so uh, he had a, he had a test set up with, uh, uh, Aero McLaren and a number of other teams. And so then the pandemic hit and a lot of that kind of got, yeah, got, got it, it didn't happen. He ended up obviously landing with, uh, Chip Ganassi and Chip's, uh, Chip's an amazing guy. We raced with him on the NASCAR side and we, and we have in the past race with uh, Chip in IndyCar and had a championship with Scott Dixon in 2015, I believe it was. And so, uh, he, he landed at a good spot. Um, uh, and, uh, but he's a great guy. I just have one quick story if I could. Yeah, please. Uh, Jimmy, uh, uh, we, we shot a commercial with Jimmy and it was called my best drive. And I don't know if you remember this or not, but yeah, we, we highlighted this, the, the commercial was 30 seconds and we had the clip of Jimmy when I think it was in the Bush series when he lost, lost the brakes and, and literally at 150 miles an hour ran into this massive tire barrier, got out of the car, stood on the, the roof of the car and said, I, I made it. I'm here. Yeah. Let's go racing. <laughs> and then he talked about in the off-road truck series, some amazing, scary moments. And then he then reflected on his best drive was bringing his daughter home in his new Tahoe from the hospital. And so, uh, but just to see those clips of him in his younger days uh, was just amazing. And then he's been, he's just been, he's been a great partner of Chevy's all, all that time. That's just one commercial we did with him. No. And I think the thing about uh, Jimmy is, uh, uh, he's he's just I think likable and and there's not a, a hint of arrogance about him and, and all he's accomplished. It uh, he he's still very much the person I met. So I'm always surprised, but he's he seems you know he's matured of course, but uh, he has a humanity and a dignity to him that uh, you know he's a, he respects people and respects his fam his family comes first and. Uh, his extended family at, at Hendrick obviously was a big part of this success. Yeah, I, agree, I totally agree. Yeah. And I, I, I want to talk just briefly there. You know, one of my dreams is to see Jimmy at Le Mans sometime. Uh, I think he would. Okay. Uh, so if you can make that happen, just okay. let me uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be on board with that. I'll buy, I'll buy a plane ticket. Okay, you don't want that. <laughs> but, uh, 
just just but, to but, just, just to finish up the, uh, the 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 NASCAR piece, um, and I think this is kind of where you might have been going with Chase, yeah, the champion, yeah. and 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 we have a, a Chevrolet photographer that goes to the track. Each OEM gets one photographer to go to the track to to get shots during the race that the, we then feed to the crew chiefs. If they, if they think they have damage on a front fender or what have you, we, we have one photographer that's there. And our photographer at Chevy actually captured one of the shots that was kind of the most popular shot of Jimmy and Chase doing a high five, kind of one car going one way, one the other. It's amazing. It was our Chevy photographer. I'm so happy he caught the moment because those guys appreciated it, what it meant. And it was a really, a, it was a, an actual and a symbolic passing of the torch. And that's a picture that I will, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to have it framed. There's no doubt about it. And I'm going to, I want to send one to, to, to both those guys uh, because it was a special moment. It was a special moment. That passing of the torch, we could see it in the energy around uh, Chase Elliott winning this championship. Uh, um, he is an optimistic new dawn for NASCAR, uh, his, his championship. And uh, with the new cars coming, the rapid movement to uh, make these decisions to embrace more road courses, realign schedule, uh, bring out the next gen car, look at the hybrids, just so many things happening at once and rapid fire in NASCAR, not the NASCAR I grew up with. <laughs> uh, but I'm optimistic and we've seen our NASCAR audience energy and audience growth and social media sharing and I used a phrase earlier when I was talking to Mark Rushbrook. I was like, somebody hit NASCAR with defibrillator paddles somewhere early in the year, and it like, boom, and it came alive. Like, it's alive, and all of a sudden, there's energy there, and we see it in our metrics. That's great. And I, I think that also people not being able to go to a racetrack like they normally, it makes them realize what they've lost. Right. It's a great point. Yeah. yeah, but you have you know a lot of young talent coming through, and you had success in. Uh, you know, Xfinity this year and in uh, uh, the Gander Truck Series. You, you, you know, uh, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no doubt it was. Uh, you know, uh, we actually have you know, obviously have a long history in NASCAR. Um, in the past few years, we've had some challenges in the Cup side. There's no doubt about it, uh, yeah. and, and for a number of reasons. But uh, this year was really great. Uh, we uh, we had obviously the Drivers Championship in the in the Truck Series. Uh, that was a fantastic, uh, manufacturer's championship there. Uh, the Xfinity race, you know, came down to Justin Allgaier and, and, and Cindric. They, an amazing final lap could have gone either way. Obviously, uh, Austin won that, did a great job. Uh, Justin, you know, uh, had a shot at it. Uh, but we did win the Xfinity championship, uh, manufacturer's championship. And then the cup series, uh, it was, uh, you know, Chase, you know, came on really strong, um, here at the end of the season and won. Look at the couple key races and in, in racing in the end, that's what you have to do. You have to win when it matters. And he did that obviously at Martinsville with an incredible, uh, you know, back against the wall win and then went into Phoenix. And I mean, that's a, those, those three drivers he was racing against are, they're, they're pretty incredible uh, with, with Joey and Brad and Denny. And I'll tell you, uh, I'm so proud of, of uh, Chase and, and Alan Gustafson, everybody at Hendrick that prepared the cars, prepared the race strategy, executed and, you know, executed the race. He had speed. He drove from, as you saw, from the back of the field to the front, uh, you know, uh, you know, led a lot of laps, but, but believe me, the, you know, the, the, the two and the 22 were swinging away and the 11, you know, 11 always has, has got, you know, the ability to, to, to drive up to the front. So 
I'm really proud of what they did. And, and uh, there were there, I mean, he hardly put a wheel wrong. There was only one moment during the race where Chase was leading. He pitted a lap before uh, Logano. Mm-hmm. And so then Logano came in, I think the lap or two after and came out ahead of Chase. We're like, what, what happened? Mm-hmm. And that was the only moment in the whole race where, where uh, that, that obviously in the back half of the race, at least that, that, uh, you know, uh, we had to climb back again and he did, he got by, got by the two and went on to win it. So Chase Elliott is incredible. And, and here's another quick story, if you don't mind. I had, oh, uh, had a dance. Uh, I was, I was uh, working at Chevrolet. Uh, you know, this is probably 10 years ago uh, and, and working in the division, running our division at Chevy. And I was uh, on Saturday preparing for a big um, dealer meeting where we we're going to show them a lot of our new cars and crossovers and trucks. And so we're preparing kind of our messaging and all that. And I get a call from Rick Hendrick on a Saturday afternoon, about three, four o'clock in the afternoon. And he says, Hey, I just, uh, just signed a 14 year old by the name of Chase Elliott. He said 14. First of all, I knew Chase Elliott. I knew, I knew the Elliott name. I didn't necessarily know Chase. And he said 14. So tell me a little bit about him. So he told me about him and, uh, you know, he was showing great potential and, and Rick, Rick made the call as Rick does often to sign him at 14. So here we are, you know, it's, you know, almost 10 years later and he wins a championship. He obviously won an Xfinity championship along the way. So just an amazing moment. And it's been really fun to watch him grow along the way. And, you know, the thing he's grown as well is uh, there's something about, about that family that, uh, you know, it, it, they, they represent the fan base really well. The fan base looks to them and say that this is, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I believe in. And the energization of just his personal, you know, he had his own set of defibrillators too at the end of the season. He did, did, you know, and it's like, all right, okay. You know, I can worry a little less about all that now. That seems like it's kind of going the right direction. And the, the thing that I think that, uh, you know, we, it's all about people and it, it truly is. And, and, you know, losing somebody like Jimmy to go off to do something else. Well, we it's a renewal racing's renewal and right. you know you're and i think it's a good segue you've got nhra which you're synonymous with nhra and i just want to talk a little bit about what you yeah. got yeah yeah nhra um this past year uh, eric anders um as you know in the pro stock area so we got some people coming in the building here um uh, eric anders won her uh, her fourth pro stock championship and so that was amazing. The first time a, a woman has won four championships in NHRA, Eric Anders did it. She's an amazing racer, completely focused. She knows sure. how to lead a team and absolutely a, a great a great job. Um, and obviously in the uh, stock eliminator or the factory showdown category, uh, we had a, a Copo a Camaro driver win the championship there. That was awesome. And then uh, we're looking forward to having uh, the, uh, John Force Racing back next year in uh, top fuel and, and, and funny car. Uh, it was, uh, we missed them. I think the, I think the series missed them. We missed uh, them and, too. <laughs> and we're looking forward to having him back uh, along with all, all of the racers, Robert Hyde and Austin Proc and, and Brittany. So they're just, they're great partners, great partners. Yes. And you know, one of the things we talked about earlier is that NHRA is where women first became championship caliber, you know, winning, winning competitors, which, uh, you know, it's a, it's on our agenda. This is an agenda we shared first with Herb Fischel, I think in 1994, we had items on the racer agenda, but 
women are equal in every way to men, especially in racing, uh, you know, I think the sport would grow exponentially if women were directly competitive. And your thoughts on that? You have a you have a female champion there that's four times over, really a star. Yeah. Uh, what do you see for women in motorsport yeah. going forward? Yeah, I, listen, uh, no question. Uh, uh, obviously, Erica Enders, uh, uh, Brittany Force also won a championship, and I and that was an amazing. Uh, the way she yeah. won that championship was was incredible. Um, and as it always comes down to the last race in in, in our sport, um, her team working together delivered when it mattered the most. And so she brought another championship to uh, John Force Racing and, and, and added one to Chevrolet. So we couldn't have been prouder of that, but absolutely we need, we need more women in racing. And when I say in racing, not only behind the wheel, engineers, uh, uh, race strategists, uh, you know, designers, uh, working in the shop, those kinds of things. So there's no doubt we need, we need that. And, and uh, we need it in every one of our sports. There's no doubt about it. We've had, we've had some, Success uh, in when we first came back in IndyCar, there were uh, three women that were in the sport, um, and and that has that has uh, you know uh, dwindled. We've got to come back and have more women in in in, this, in in our sport. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, IndyCar is less for not having women competitors and and uh, women team ownership. Everything it needs it, and I think that. You know, I just think you're in the automotive business. You know, what is the impact of women in purchase decision for automobiles? And oh, it's 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 uh, it's eighty percent. It's eighty yeah. percent of the decisions are are made by or influenced by women. And then in our company, um, our CEO Mary Barra leads the entire company. There are so many talented women in our company that um, that that are are leading critical areas of our business. So, um, and I I have a, I have a niece who is fifteen. I want her to have people to, um, in our sport, to look towards as, as potential role models, whether it's behind the wheel or an engineer or strategist or somebody, you know, helping uh, manage a team or market a team. Um, so that's what I'd like to see more of for sure. I, I'm with you, Jim. And, uh, you know, I, I know that's, a, that, that's how you are. And I think that this is just the greatest single opportunity to exponentially grow the sport. And, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And, and I, I, you know, I, 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 I want to talk a little bit about Cadillac too. You know, we've got Cadillac is, uh, you know, they're going, Chip Ganassi's team is going to be running a Cadillac. I know it's, it's great. We, we have a, uh, we've had a great run with Cadillac in the IMSA series in, in DPI. It's been, it's been great. Now this past, past year, we didn't win the championships, but I, our teams, I'm so proud of them. And uh, think about Rolex 24 hours of Daytona. Uh, we've had a lot of success there, you know, four out of the past five years. Uh, number of championships since we've returned didn't didn't earn one this year, uh, with the exception of the North uh, the uh, the Endurance Cup, uh, which was won that. by Wayne Taylor. Which proud of that, but we want to go for the manufacturer championships and the drivers championships for sure for sure. So um, you know we just uh, just announced Chip Ganassi, who we 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 know well. We've raced with them obviously in NASCAR for a long time. Had uh, several years at, in IndyCar with him. Uh, he is an amazing team owner, and so we did uh, create a, a, a program with them, and they are they're going to debut in January this year with uh, a great lineup of drivers. So I, I couldn't I couldn't be could be prouder. And you saw uh, uh, that uh, Kevin Magnuson's going to join from F1, and of yeah. course we know Kevin because we knew him when he was a young boy, uh, yep. the son of Jan Magnuson, who was uh, one of our, our most successful Corvette racers. So. Can't wait to see Chip Ganassi racing on the track with Cadillac. 
and we're going to see each other probably next month with our masks on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, and, and I want to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on. You know, we've, we've got, we touched on IndyCar, but, you know, what the greatest audi audience energy we've seen has been an IndyCar this year and really last year. We've seen crazy growth in audience and our digital and sharing and so on and so forth. And it's yep. just, there's something going on there. You know, it, uh, we can see it in metrics. And we've had the adoption of the aero, aero screen. We had a very competitive season. You guys were right down to the wire, you know, for a, a team and driver championships and just, you, you were in the hunt all the way through. Uh, we've got another, you know, you signed up for the next era of, yeah. Tell us what drove that decision and, and uh, tell, tell, share with us what you think about what's happened with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the yeah. series under Rogers control. Well, you, you probably know the story, you know, where I'm going to go. I mean, for Chevrolet, Indianapolis is pretty special. I mean, it's oh, it Louis is. Chevrolet, the founder, co-founder of our company, him and his brothers raced at Indy. And so when we go to Indy, it feels more like a home track just because of that. Yeah. And so uh, Chevrolet's had a lot of involvement over the years, a lot of success in Indy, in, Indy, in the series and, and at the 500. And we love the racing. We absolutely love the racing. And we see the growth that's happening in IndyCar. Uh, we, we rejoined the series in 2012. We won uh, a whole number of manufacturers and drivers championships. Uh, for Indy 500 since we have returned, uh, I think a total of 16 since we've been in the sport. Uh, so it's been really, um, it's been really, really exciting to be in that in 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 uh, the IndyCar series. There are in every series there's a special race. The Indianapolis 500 is one of the most special in the entire world. Period. It's the pre-race. It's the intense competition. It's the it's the if you win it. It means everything. If you come in second or, or worse, it, you're, you're devastated for a year. And so uh, we love the racing there. And so uh, obviously, uh, you know, a lot of confidence in Mark Miles and Jay Fry, uh, you know, Roger and uh, Roger Penske, obviously, you know, owns the series now in the Speedway and Bud Danker, the list goes on. We have a lot of confidence in them in terms of building that series. And we have been looking at making uh, the commitment for the next engine cycle, which is a 2.4 liter uh, direct injected twin turbo. And uh, we, we did we did make the commitment and announced it. We announced it actually together with Honda. And, and you know, I said this earlier, when you win big races, part of the reason why it's meaningful is you beat incredible competition and you don't win every year. So when you win, it's a special thing. And so uh, whether we're racing Honda or, or Ford or Toyota or Ferrari or Porsche or BMW, depending on the series we're in, uh, it's, it's meaningful. So we actually announced it together. Mark Royce uh, came down and, and made the announcement and the, and, and the folks from Honda were there. And so it was actually a great statement of confidence uh, for the IndyCar series by a couple of manufacturers that have a lot of history in that sport. Well, as someone who's, uh, you know, devoted to the Indy 500 and the Indy 500 and IndyCar has fueled my passion for the entire time I've been interested in the sport. Thank you. You know, and I was at the original announcement at the SEMA show with her official, uh, you know, yeah. back in what was 1986 or 85. It was a long time ago. And to me, that was the beginning of this modern era of IndyCar racing. That was when it clicked into being a real thing that that, that had all this uh, yeah. going for it. But, you know, we're nearly to the end of our time, but I, I just want to have one, one last question for you. Um, you know, you... Uh, when you've looked at everything you've done in this sport, 
you know, what is the most significant memory and the thing that you value the most out of the entire time you've been working in motorsport? There are, wow, that's a, that's a, that is a tough question. There's so, Paul, there's so many, they happen literally every week in racing. Mm-hmm. At any in any any weekend we're racing, we, we may be racing in three, four, five different places somewhere in the country or around the world. And so, uh, for me, the teamwork and the ability to overcome problems, obstacles, failures, and then climb back up, get in a groove, get the trajectory of a of a of a car, a team, a driver going the right way and then get back in the winter circle, get back to the top of the podium. To me, those are the moments, the whole process of that. And it cycles. When you're on top, you, you are working like crazy to stay there and keep the momentum. When you're not, you feel, you feel the responsibility uh, to, to dig in and figure out root cause, why not, and, and then fix it and fix it fast. So for me, those experiences happen you know, throughout the season. There are certainly special moments at some of those races we talked about, whether it's the Daytona 500 or the Indianapolis 500 or the 24 Hours Le Mans that I will never forget. But for me, um, in every instance, I think about it and I think about the teams that were involved and what it took to get on top. And then importantly in racing, there's only one, there's only one winner every weekend in a race. So that means there's a lot of people didn't win. And so your ability to handle not winning by focusing the energy forward to the positive, how to fix it and how to get back on top. Uh, That cycle uh, is a must in racing and, and that process. uh, I love it. I love it. You, sir, are a racer. (laughs) There's no cure for that, by the way. Uh, (laughs) I had is a great answer. actually. You are too a racer. Uh, yes. And I, I, you know, I, uh, uh, that was very inspiring. And, uh, you know, back to my quote, we're in the inspiration business and you, sir, inspire me and, and the things you do and the, the people you work with are inspiring to me. And, and thank you for the friendship you've shown our, our company and, and my team over the years and, and the respect you've shown us. I really appreciated it. Uh, you're, very you're, a, yeah. Paul, you're, you're, you're a friend of the industry and we have questions. We often call you. I've done it many times to learn. Uh, we'll continue to do it. So thank you for holding this uh, forum over the week, uh, having having me here. I'm here representing our team. Um, it, it is about the team. There's so many people that help us do what we do every day. And so thank you for letting me represent everybody at Chevrolet, Cadillac, and General Motors here. And thanks for hosting this forum. It's great to be and with I, you. And, and thank you for being what I wanted you to be, which was the final word on our sport. And you summed it up beautifully. Actually, your, your comments here at the very end were probably the most appropriate words we could close this spectacular week with. And uh, the people that have come on screen here, I'm also in awe of. They've been part of our extended family and team all week long, and it was an honor to work with them. And they know how excited I was when you said yes. <laughs> uh, because I, I, I just know your passion uh, is gonna come to the surface here and we're, gonna, we're all gonna feel it. And thank you very much, Jim, for, for uh, putting the exclamation on the uh, end of the sentence, online race industry week, exclamation point, powered by Jim Campbell. (laughs) Hey, thank you for having us on. We can't wait to go racing in 2021. We're weeks away. 
Uh, yeah, well, we're going to see you at a racetrack soon. And uh, I hope so. Good, good luck to you in the yellow cars. <laughs> there we go. Mid engine yellow you. cars. Thank you so much, Paul. Have Thanks a, a lot, Ken. Bye bye. Thank you, Jim. Bye bye. Thank you all. Well, Paul, what a week. Yeah, that didn't suck. <laughs> 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 that's for sure it did not you know yeah. if yeah. you look back we started monday morning at 6 45 here in los angeles with mr roger pinsky and uh, it is 5 p.m here again in los angeles and we just ended online racing this week with gene campbell mr uh, chevrolet uh, racing you know uh, at chevrolet so in between, we had five incredible days, uh, 55 hours of live technical and business webinars, 150-something uh, race industry leaders from around the world uh, you know, participating. And I think we had over 110 countries represented in attendance. You know, as you said, when, after Jim Campbell, you can put the exclamation point. I mean, that's yes. really probably the best yes, way I to... Well, leave it to Jim to sum it up so perfectly. Um, and uh, he, he basically could write a song based on what he said. That's the anthem of racing. And uh, I think that uh, I felt it. And I felt too, and we've talked about it, all of us have, that being with all these people that energize us and, you know, uh, make us love what we do uh, has been a real privilege. And I, your vision, all of you, for coming up with this idea and you know, uh, Judy, I, I, I've just got to say your ability to bring everybody together. You are just magic. I watch you work here and it's, it's stunning. I think I've just been doing this a long time. <laughs> you sure have, but I, I, you've earned a lot of trust and respect. And John, uh, I can tell you, you can make the driest subject interesting. I actually, I thought, oh, I'm not going to watch this. I'm just going to work. And then I realized I was going to write an email and I haven't because I've been sitting there watching something I didn't think I cared about for, for 45 minutes. And thought, well, that's interesting. <laughs> Thank you very much. I enjoy it. And, uh, you know, you come into this industry and, and it takes a couple of weeks to figure out what's going on. And basically, coming into the racing industry, everybody's smarter about racing than I am. So the race engine builders know more than I do. The race car builders know more than I do. The parts manufacturers know more than I do. And I just have always had just a great respect how they just don't stop innovating. And just for the kind of people they are. And it, it took me a couple of weeks in the racing industry to, to tell myself, okay, I'm someplace really special when it comes to the people. And then uh, just the fun of watching the, the innovation over the years. Yeah, I, I'm just engaged. Uh, me too. But, uh, so what are we going to do next week, everybody? I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just want to say I'm truly so proud of all our supplier friends that are stepping out of their comfort zone and doing this webinar. And it's new. It's new to all of us. They so did great, Judy. They <laughs> did. You know, they what did. one of the... And our hosts were so gracious and just walked them through and made them feel at ease. So, um, so appreciative. Well, one of the things I was thinking about, and you know, I, I watched so many of these just to kind of get a sense of what was happening all the way through. And I realized all these products are content. Uh, there's a story behind the product. There's a passion behind how they were created. There's a, 
uh, there's a sensibility about what the audience or the customer wants, it's really interesting. Uh, you know, and buying ads is great too, but telling your story is so important. I mean, we live in the era where you're, say, you're, it's possible for you to tell your story in a human way where people care. And getting people to care is the first step to getting the, them to want something, I think. And that's what we saw a lot of here. I, I was, it was a very interesting exercise. And uh, I think the other thing that uh, I think we all, there, this was a campfire for the culture. We all gathered around this campfire and realized we're going to be okay. We're going to actually, we're going to be great. And we're going to come out of this strong and and, and better for the experience we've just been through. And I can't thank you all enough for just the courage and the commitment it took. You're racers too. You know, you went out there and you solved a big problem for the entire industry by doing this. You gave it a voice. Registering on ePARTRADE is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePARTRADE as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePARTRADE.